Good morning, everyone. I invite you to open up your Bibles to the book of Numbers. The book of Numbers will be in chapter 11, starting in verse 16 of chapter 11. Now, last week, we saw that two complaints were offered up to the Lord from the people of Israel. They had begun their journey to the land of Canaan, but the people began to crave the food of Egypt. And so they complain that they wanted meat, that they should have never come out of Egypt. The second complaint comes from Moses in response to the first complaint of the people. He calls out to the Lord and asks, how can I carry this people of Can- to Canaan all by myself? In verse 12 of chapter 11, he says, did I conceive all this people? Did I give them birth? That you, that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a nursing child to the land that you swore to give their fathers. Now this week we will see that it is not Moses who is called to carry the people of Israel to the promised land, but rather it is the Spirit of the Lord who will bring His people through the wilderness to their place of rest. It is the Holy Spirit who will bring His people home. And we who are on this journey from death to life, from sin to righteousness, from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of God, we too must see that we do not get safely home by the power of the flesh, that is, by what we can do, but rather we are brought safely home through trust in the Spirit of God. As we read our text for this morning, I want you to look to see how the Spirit of God is moving to respond to both complaints and how ultimately the Spirit is moving to bring God's people home. One note to make about the text, the words that are translated spirit and wind in our text this morning are the same Hebrew term. So when we see the phrase, wind of the Lord, we should understand it as a reference to the work of the Spirit of the Lord. So let us turn our attention to God's written for our instruction upon whom the end of the ages has come. Numbers chapter 11, starting in verse 16. Then the Lord said to Moses, gather for me 70 men of the elders of Israel whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tent of meeting and let them take their stand there with you. And I will come down and talk with you there. And I will take some of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you may not bear it yourself alone. And say to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow and you shall eat meat. For you have wept in the hearing of the Lord, saying, Who will give us meat to eat? For it was better for us in Egypt. Therefore the Lord will give you meat, and you shall eat. You shall not eat just one day, or two days, or five days, or ten days, or twenty days. But a whole month, until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you. Because you have rejected the Lord, who is among you. And have wept before him, saying, Why did we come out of Egypt? But Moses said, The people among whom I am number 600,000 on foot. And you have said, 
I will give them meat that they may eat a whole month? Shall flocks and herds be slaughtered for them and be enough for them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them and be enough for them? And the Lord said to Moses, Is the Lord's hand shortened? Now you shall see whether my word will come true for you or not. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. And he gathered seventy men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the seventy elders. And as soon as the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not continue doing it. Now two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other named Medad, and the spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent, so they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the assistant of Moses from his youth said, My Lord Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. Then a wind from the Lord sprang up, and it brought quail from the sea, and let them fall beside the camp, about a day's journey on this side, and a day's journey on the other side, around the camp, and about two cubits above the ground. And the people rose all that day, and all night, and all the next day, and gathered the quail. Those who gathered least gathered ten homers, and they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. While the meat was yet between their teeth, before it was consumed, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord struck down the people with a very great plague. Therefore, the name of that place was called Kibroth Hatava, because there they buried the people who had the craving. From Kibroth Hatava, the people journeyed to Hazroth, and they remained at Hazroth. This is God's holy word for us, his people. Let us pray. Father, we come to you now. Lord, and I pray that as I come to open your word to your people, that I would not bring the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. Lord, but that I would know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Father, I pray that I would be in weakness, in fear, in much trembling, and that my speech and my message would not be in plausible words of wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Lord, that those who have gathered here, that their faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We pray this through Your holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen. This morning, as we come to God's Word, we will see five reasons why we must trust the Spirit of God to bring us home. There is a contrast that we must understand between the flesh and the Spirit. 
You see, the people of Israel had seen a demonstration of the power of the Spirit that had delivered them out of Egypt. It was a wind of the Lord that blew upon the sea, the Red Sea, that delivered them out of the power of Egypt. And yet, though they began by the power of the Spirit, they began to crave, they began to look towards the flesh. And so what we will see is that we must not trust the flesh, but we must trust the power of the Spirit to bring us home. The first thing I want you to see in our text this morning is that on our journey home, we must trust the power of the Spirit and not the flesh. Look at verse 21 and following of your text. Moses begins to doubt that the Lord can bring all these people meet. He says, the people among whom I am number 600,000 on foot. And you have said, I will give them meat that they may eat a whole month. Shall flocks and herds be slaughtered for them and be enough for them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them and be enough for them? And the Lord said to Moses, Is the Lord's hand shortened? Now you shall see whether my word will come true for you or not. The Lord asks if His hand is shortened. That is a figurative way of asking, Is there anything that is too hard for me? Is there anything that is impossible for the Creator of all the earth? Can anyone annul my judgments? Can anyone frustrate my plans? There is nothing that I cannot do. There is nothing that is beyond my grasp. And so when Moses doubts that the Lord can bring these people home, he says, just wait and see. You see, we want to trust our own power to get us home. Moses believes the burden has fallen upon him alone to get Israel through the desert to the land of Canaan. But ultimately, it is not Moses, it is not the will of man, but rather the power of the Spirit of God that brings His people home. Often we think of the Spirit as something that is weak, something that's misty, ethereal. But what we need to see is that in the economy of God, in the Word of God, flesh is what is weak and the Spirit has power. We read in the Word of God, the Egyptians are man, not God, and their horses are flesh, not spirit. The people were looking back on Egypt and they were seeing it as a place of power and a place of rest. But the Lord is saying, Egypt... Is just a place of flesh. Yes, they have horses, but they do not have my spirit. It is our inclination to trust in the flesh of Egypt's horses, not in the power of the spirit to bring us home. But it was Israel who passed through the Red Sea and the horses of Egypt that were cast down. What our text for this morning is telling us is that on our journey home, we must turn from our trust in the flesh to trust in the Spirit of power. For the hand of the Lord has never been shortened. 
The second thing that we see is that on our journey home, we must also trust the spirit of revelation to bring us home. Look at verses 24 and 25 of our text. There we read, So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. And he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And as soon as the spirit rested on them, they prophesied. You see, Moses' complaint was that he could not bear the burden of carrying the people alone. You see, he says, I did not birth these people. I'm not their parent. I'm not their mommy. I'm not their nurse. I can't provide for them. And I can understand this. I can barely get a family of six across Disney World. How is he going to get 600,000 through the desert? Everyone has a need. Everyone has a complaint as you try to trek them along. And the Lord responds to this complaint by providing men to share the burden of ministry. Seventy men are brought forward and the spirit of prophecy is poured out upon them. When the Spirit of God is given, these elders begin to prophesy. That is, they begin to do the work of the prophet. Now, so often when we hear prophesy, we think something like telling the future, something like, Telling what will happen in advance. But the work of the prophet was not primarily about telling the future. The work of the prophet was to speak the word of the Lord to the people of God. You see, Moses alone was given the words of God to speak to the people. And yet now, 70 men are given that same spirit that they also might speak the word of God. You see, we do not live by bread alone, but we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And Moses, as the leader of God's people, as the one upon whom the spirit of prophecy had been given to speak the word of God to the people, was feeling this burden that he could not feed their spiritual needs all by himself, that he could not carry them through the desert. And so the Lord in his grace takes the spirit of prophecy to speak the word of God, and he gives it to 70 elders that they too might proclaim God's word and fill the spiritual needs needs of the people. And this dynamic is shown throughout Scripture. The Spirit is given that God's Word might be proclaimed. In Acts 1.8, the resurrected Lord Jesus says to His disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. When the spirit of power is given, God's people begin to proclaim the word of God. Again, in Acts chapter 4, it says the disciples were all filled with the Holy Spirit to speak the word of God with boldness. When the Holy Spirit is given God's people proclaim God's word with boldness. 
We need the Spirit because man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If we are going to make it home, we need to feast on the Word of God. We need to come to His Word. We need to turn to the Bible and read what it says to us, trusting that the Spirit has been given to us that we might truly know His Word. You see, to get home, we must be fed on the Word of God, trusting the Spirit of Revelation. So again, on our journey, we must trust the Spirit of power to bring us home. We must trust the Spirit of Revelation to feed us. And find, And next, we see that we must trust the Spirit of authority. Or maybe more to the point, the sovereign Spirit of God. Now, there were two men, as we read, who were not chosen by Moses to help in carrying the burden of the people, but nevertheless were given the Spirit of Revelation. God freely and sovereignly gave His Spirit to whom He pleased. But Joshua, Moses' number two, is not happy about this situation. We read in verse 28, And Joshua, the son of Nun, the assistant of Moses from his youth, said, My Lord Moses, stop them! In our journey home, we would like to be in charge of the process. We would like to decide when and how the Spirit of God will work. Where His Spirit will blow. But we must trust in the authority of the Spirit to move where and when He chooses. You see, in this process of bringing us home, God is the one who is in control. God is sovereign over this process. That means that He is the one who decides. It's not about what we decide, but it's about what God is doing in us. Is this not the conversation that the Lord Jesus had with the Pharisee Nicodemus? Nicodemus was confused. He wanted to control this process. And he asked, how is it then that one would enter the kingdom of God? How do we get home? And Jesus says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. You see, the Spirit has the authority to come upon whomever He chooses and to empower them as He sees fit. Paul says in the book of 1 Corinthians, all the gifts are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. But we do not like to be out of control. Personally, I like to be the one who is in control, especially when I am traveling. I like to be the one who is driving the car. When I'm a passenger and I have to sit in the passenger seat. I don't know if you do this, but I have this imaginary brake that is on the floor. And every time I feel uncomfortable, I begin pushing that brake down, hoping that I can control how this other crazy person is driving. And as God's people, 
We often desire to be in control of this process. About how the Lord will move. Where He will take us. Who He will empower. And we are nervously pressing on this imaginary break. Hoping that God will respond. But the Spirit has the authority to bring us home as He wills. And therefore... In the midst of our fear of losing control, we must trust the spirit of authority. On our journey home, we must trust the spirit of power, the spirit of revelation to feed us, the spirit of authority to guide us. And next we see that we must trust the spirit of judgment. Here in verse 31, we see That is the wind or the spirit of the Lord that brings the meat for Israel. Look at verse 31. It says, Then a wind from the Lord sprang up, and it brought quail from the sea and let them fall beside the camp. While initially this provision of meat would seem to be a point of mercy to the people of Israel, as we continue to read, we realize that is actually an act of judgment. Look at verse 33. It says, While the meat was yet between their teeth, before it was consumed, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord struck down the people with a very great plague. You see, the rabble wanted Egypt, and so the Lord gave them Egypt. He gave them both the meat and the plague. And over and over again throughout God's Word, we see that the wind of the Lord brings judgment upon those who have rejected Him. You see, when Israel turned from following the Lord and was entering a time of exile, we read in Hosea chapter 13, Though he may flourish among his brothers, the east wind, the wind of the Lord, shall come, rising from the wilderness, and his fountain shall dry up, and his spring shall be parched. When Jonah sailed away from the Lord's call, we read, But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Even in Egypt, when the plagues were brought upon them, the plague of locusts, we read, the Lord brought an east wind upon the land all that day and all that night. When it was morning, the east wind had brought the locusts. You see, the Spirit of God brings judgment. And this idea might make us feel a little uncomfortable to think that the Spirit of power The spirit of revelation, the spirit of authority might also be a spirit of judgment. We might read chapter 11 and think to ourselves, you know, I'm not sure about this God of Israel. He doesn't seem very tame to me. He doesn't seem very predictable to me. He brings meat, but he also brings a plague. You see, to make it home, we must trust the spirit of God to bring us home. Because He is not able to be controlled. We cannot tame His power. It is beyond us. We cannot tame His Word. It is living and active. And it is sharper than any two-edged sword. We cannot tame His authority. He does as He sees fit. And we cannot tame His judgments. He does as He 
pleases. Truly, the Spirit of God is like the wind that blows as it wills. And this makes us nervous because we want to control the Lord. We want to be the ones who are in charge. But the ways of God are not our ways. And the thoughts of God are not our thoughts. And so if we are to make it home, we must stop seeking to control the process and looking to our own flesh. But rather, we must trust this Holy Spirit of God. And this brings us to our fifth point, which is on our journey home, we must trust the Spirit of Christ. After Joshua demands that the two extra prophets stop with their prophesying, Moses responds in verse 29. There we read, But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put His Spirit on them. You see, Moses longs for a day when all of God's people would have the Holy Spirit. That is a day when the Spirit would fall upon His people in such a way that they would all have eyes to see the truth of God's Word and no longer walk according to flesh, but according to the power of the Spirit. And just as the resurrected Lord had promised, as we read in Acts chapter 1, that He would send His Spirit, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell upon the church so that all, all of God's people would receive the Holy Spirit. For it is by the Spirit of Christ that we are born anew. It is by the Spirit of Christ that we grow in holiness. It is by the Spirit of Christ that we will be brought home safely. You see, we cannot tame the judgment of God. But Christ died so that when the wind of God's Spirit blows in our life, it does not bring judgment upon us, but it brings salvation to us by pouring out upon us His Holy Spirit. As we read in the book of Romans chapter 8, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. You see, everyone who is in Christ has been given this Spirit. When Moses said he desired that all God's people would prophesy, he was prophesying to a day when all of God's people would receive the Spirit of Christ and that we would all be fed upon the Word of God. If we do not have the Spirit of Christ, then we continue to live apart from the new life in Christ. Yet all who trust in the Spirit of Christ, who trust in His power to save, who trust in His Word to save, who trust in His authority to save, you will be brought home safely. In Galatians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul asks a very simple question. He says, Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? You see, Israel was delivered from Egypt by the power of the Spirit of God. Yet, as they marched through the desert, they began to look to the flesh. They forgot that it was by the power and authority of the Spirit that they lived. And we who have come to Christ by the Spirit 
Are we now turning to the flesh to get us home? Do you want to take back over control of your life? Do you want to be in the driver's seat? Are you willing to trust the Spirit of God to bring you home? Are we looking to our own power to get us through the desert? Are we looking to our own knowledge? Are we looking to our own will? Are we looking to our own control? Or are we willing to trust the Spirit of Christ, knowing that by His power, by His Word, and by His authority, He will bring you safely home? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us go now to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are reminded, Lord, that when Your Spirit blows, that it can be a frightening experience. That even at the day of Pentecost, as your disciples were gathered together in prayer and a great wind of the Spirit blew, that it was fearful. Lord, in our own lives, as we feel your power, as we're confronted with your absolute control over our lives, it is fearful to us. Give us power by your word to trust the goodness of Your Spirit, knowing that if we have come to Christ, that through His grace and power, Your Spirit blows upon us to give us new life, to take these dry bones, to give them flesh, to take this heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh that we might follow after You unto eternity. We pray it in Christ's holy name. Amen.